Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme Tour, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into graduate school. For the past 10 years, I've been helping undergraduate students get into top graduate programs in their field, and I'm really excited to share this information with you too. Hi everyone, today I am recording the last episode in my maternity leave lineup. That means that uh, starting in January, I will go back to recording episodes, um, I guess a few days <laughs> in advance instead of weeks in advance. And so hopefully it'll be more um, relevant content, uh, content relevant to what's going on uh, during that time. But today, um, I'm going to talk to you about setting New Year intentions. And um, even though I'm recording this in October, and it feels a little early to be talking about this, you are going to hear this in end of December. And you're definitely going to be thinking about the New Year at this time. So setting intentions, what do I want to say about that? Um, the reason I call them intentions instead of New Year resolutions is because I like to keep things open-ended. Um, I don't like to set very like firm, lofty um, goals that maybe are so all or nothing that it's really easy to set yourself up for failure. <clears throat> I want to think about it more as intentions and ways to focus on Improving yourself, improving your circumstances, having either um, uh, just as good of a year as 2020 or better. I know 2020 for a lot of us was terrible, so you can only go up from here, right? Hopefully that is the goal huh? to you know, maintain our optimism and, and hope for a, better, for a better year. So what can you do when it comes to setting new year intentions so that you are planning to have a better year, but you're also not setting yourself up for failure and disappointment? The first thing I recommend doing is reflecting on your accomplishments. Yes, that means reflecting on anything that you did and did well um, in 2020. That is very hard. 2020 has been a lousy year. It has affected all of us in so many ways. It has affected, for some of us, our, our finances, our housing, our family structures, our workplace, our health. Um, and when you think about all of that, it can feel so overwhelming and negative. But at the same time, we're all still here. We all have all kept going. And for a lot of people I know, despite all of the challenges, despite our challenging circumstances, there were still some moments of joy. There were still some moments of celebration. Um, there were still some things that you did or you didn't give up. And so what are those accomplishments for you? Was it, I got through another year in undergrad and, you know, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. 
or maybe I kept up with therapy in 2020. Uh, That is an an accomplishment. Or maybe, you know, for some of my friends, some of my students, some of my students graduated in 2020. That's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. You know, I have a friend who um, went ABD. That means that she passed her qualifying exams. That's a huge milestone. Um, You know, I know folks who maybe... Um, got a new job or a postdoc or they moved this year. Those are all things to to celebrate. So think about your accomplishments. Think about things that you did well or you didn't fail at in 2020 and and reflect on how you can keep that up. So keep up with what is working. Think about your strengths. Think about what you're good at. And consider ways to set intentions around that as well. So aside from thinking about your accomplishments and thinking about what you did well or what did work, um, I also want you to reflect on what didn't work. And I want you to be conscious of what didn't work so that you don't try to set up the same intention this year. So if last year, maybe you said, I really want to go to the gym every day, and then the gym's closed. So obviously, you couldn't keep that up. Or maybe you just went to the gym in January and then stopped in February before the pandemic. Either way, it didn't work out for you, right? So instead of making that the intention, go to the gym every day, um, Having a more flexible um, intention might help you out. So, and letting go of that gym idea is not a bad idea. Like, so if, if that didn't work, let it go and try something else. Maybe that something else is taking walks or going on a run or a hike, or you know, instead of having a goal to quote unquote lose weight, which I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of those types of um, resolutions. Um, instead make a goal of moving more, being more active. So let go of the things that didn't work out. You know, that can also mean, you know, letting go of toxic people in your life. Um, That can mean letting go of a toxic workplace and maybe considering applying to new jobs in 2021. If you're um, a student, undergraduate, grad student, and your department is toxic, Maybe you want to develop support systems outside of your department. So how can you distance yourself and or let go of the things that are not working for you? Think about that. Okay, so now you know what's going well, what isn't really going well for you. Um, Now you're in a good position to set specific attainable intentions and goals and you want them to be specific and attainable but also flexible enough that you can modify them if some things kind of change again you know there's no way to predict what 2021 will look like maybe it'll be better than 2020 maybe it'll be another hot mess but you want to have intentions that allow for that flexibility So don't make your goals, your intentions, all or nothing. 
Um, instead of having a goal to save money or to save a certain amount of money, you know, for instance, you could have a goal of maybe learning more about budgeting or making it a habit to check your budget once a month or start tracking your expenses. So just like these are goals that are still kind of going to eventually help you get to the saving. But if you make it a little more attainable, a little more manageable, um, less scary, gives you an opportunity to not completely fail. Um, And when you're setting goals, so you don't want to just completely set brand new goals and intentions. You can set goals and intentions that are based on things you're already doing. Maintaining is just as important as starting something new. So for me, you know, I wanted to this year, I wanted to maintain kind of keeping up with smoothies, with daily smoothies, because that was really helping me with my with my physical health and my chronic illness. And um, I also wanted to keep up with going to therapy because, again, that has been helping me. So why not maintain what is going well? So those were some of my intentions. Those were two of uh, several intentions that I had for myself for this year. So maintaining is completely okay as as um, a goal or intention for the year. And then, you know, some other examples of goals that could work for you is, you know, instead of setting a goal of like, this year is a year that I am going to graduate, I'm going to finish my PhD, or I'm going to finish my BA or MA. And then things happen. And then maybe it doesn't quite happen this year. So instead of saying I'm going to graduate this coming year, why not say I'm going to make steady progress on my degree? So, so long as you're still enrolled and you're still kind of making progress, you're not completely leaving your program, you're good, you know? Um, Similarly, instead of, let's say you say, this is the year that I'm going to get published. Why not? This is the year that I'm going to develop a writing routine and I'm going to submit my writing to at least one writing venue for publication. That doesn't mean you're going to get published, but it means you're working towards it. You're you're um, on your way there. You know, again, maybe this is the year that you want to run a half marathon. But again, what if it doesn't happen? How can you still work towards that? Maybe you can work, work towards that by setting an intention of this is the year that I develop a writing routine. So that if you do the half marathon, great. If you don't, and you just do a 5k, or you just, um, develop a routine of running, I don't know, two, four, six miles, that's still progress. You're still getting better. Um, and then like I mentioned earlier, like for me, the therapy thing, maybe you haven't felt comfortable going to therapy. Um, maybe it's still very much stigmatized for you, but you're kind of tempted to try it out instead of saying, I'm going to start, I'm going to find a therapist and start going to therapy regularly maybe the the goal can be I'm going to identify mental health resources available to me and try one out. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be seeing a therapist every week. It could mean you're going to try a support group. It could mean you're going to attend a free mental health workshop. And that is still, like I said, progress. Another way to think about New Year intentions, and this is something that has helped me too, is having a word or a theme for the year. 
And um, so instead of maybe you don't like the idea of having two, four, six, eight, or even 10 new year intentions that you write down that you're going to work on throughout the year. And then maybe in the middle of the year, you're going to forget about them. Maybe instead you'd rather focus on one word and everything throughout the year that you do, you're going to have that in the back of your head of like, that's the, that's the, the main thing I'm going to work on for this year. Um, that's completely fine too. Again, whatever works for you to get you uh, to be in a better place in 2021. So I've done this, you know, I've done both. I've had, you know, goals uh, and intentions that I write down in like a, in a vision board with bullets and, you know, I don't know, six to 10 things that I'm going to work on. And I've also done the main like theme idea for the year. So for instance, in 2000. 18. Yeah. So I think in 2018, that was the year that I had already graduated from grad school, had been working for a year. And I felt like I didn't really know. I didn't really know about money, financial literacy, budgeting. So my main intention for that year was learning about financial literacy. And so a lot of the things that I kind of did, like with with listening to podcasts, reading books on the side, I was just focusing on, okay, let me learn more about money, about management, about creating a budget. And that helped me out a lot. And then in 2019, um, what I focused on that year was healing. So I really wanted to focus on all kinds of healing, on physical health, mental health, spiritual health. And so that's what I did. I started meditating. I started seeing a therapist regularly. I started going to see a bunch of specialists to address my chronic health issues. And I I kept up with my appointments, multiple, multiple um, doctor appointments. I um, started uh, seeking out other forms of healing trying out different forms of um, medication and I tried out um, I tried out like probiotics and just other things to you know enhance my diet so I, I, I did a lot of different things and it was all focused on healing on just feeling better because my I felt like my body was falling apart and I really needed to prioritize my health over anything else So that was 2019. And then this year, 2020, my main intention or like this main concept idea in my head was like, I need to let go of fear and I need to be willing to take big risks. So risk taking and increasing my risk tolerance and making decisions that scared me, that was the main kind of thing that I was focused on this year. And so for me, one of the big things was opening myself up to even the possibility of having another child because of how traumatic it was for me to have baby number one and how, you know, I had this crippling fear that I would pass, that I would die giving birth or that I would hemorrhage again and have complications again. And because of that, I was just so afraid to even try 
I didn't even know if my body was capable of getting pregnant again. So that was very risky to open myself up to the opportunity. Um, and then, you know, another thing for me this year was I purchased a home. And I never in, I think, my life could have conceived of the idea of buying a home, especially after having so much student debt, that that was so risky for me. I was so afraid and I was really close to not doing it because I didn't know if we could afford it. I didn't know if if it would even go through. Um, I didn't know about our debt to income ratio. I, I just didn't know so much about the process. But again, I opened myself up to the possibility by, by saying no matter what, even if I don't buy a home, I'm at least going to move into a new home, even if I continue renting. Uh, but opening myself to, up to the possibility and considering the options and doing the research led me to even having the opportunity to buy a home this year. So I still don't quite know what my 2021 intention will be. Um, I'm still trying to figure that out for myself, like if there's a main concept or idea or theme. Um, But I think what I'm going to do is is I'm going to think about what, you know, the things I told you, what went well, what didn't go well, um... Do I have, you know, see if I have certain specific goals that I want to maintain or that I want to try out that are new for 2021 and then see what comes from there. The other thing I wanted to mention um, that is a great thing to try out. You don't have to if you don't want to, but I definitely like to do this in the new year and it helps me with kind of clearing my thoughts and helping me get set up for a new year is decluttering. And I know a lot of people right now are talking about decluttering when it comes to decluttering their homes and um, all of that. And I'm not talking about decluttering your home. I'm talking about decluttering um, your mind or (laughs) decluttering all the things that are getting in your way of you making progress and having a better year. And it can be a number of things. It could literally mean decluttering your inbox, moving all of your emails to the archives so that they're not in your inbox and you can pull them up when you need them, but they're not, you know, overwhelming you and causing you stress because they're still in your inbox. It could mean unsubscribing to the millions of things that are sending you junk mail. That can be helpful because then you unsubscribe. That means you're getting a lot less email. That means you don't have to see that number going up and up and up of unread emails. It can mean decluttering your desktop. Um, If you have a bunch of folders on your desktop, you always struggle to find things. Why not put them in umbrella folders? Or why not delete some of the stuff that you no longer need on your desktop? Decluttering your desktop can help. I know I, I I don't know if everybody's like me, and most likely not, but for me, it does bother me to see a desktop full of folders. I like to be able to easily access things. You could declutter your social media. This is one thing that if you're still using social media, because I know some folks have completely left social media, if you're still using it, decluttering social media can make a big difference. It can mean unfollowing accounts, deleting quote-unquote friends, but people who you don't actually talk to anymore or maybe don't even recognize. You're like, when did I add this person And this will help you um, curate what you actually see on your social media. So I'm a fan. I have no problem with deleting accounts, with deleting 
people. If I haven't talked to you in a long time, then why do I need you to be knowing all up all about my business, you know? If I haven't really enjoyed the content that you're sharing on Instagram, I will gladly unfollow you. So decluttering your social media can be very, very helpful. Um, And then I know I said I wasn't going to be focusing on decluttering your home. But for those of you that are like me and are more type A and are affected by the way that your environment looks um, and feels, um, it doesn't hurt to take on a small project. It doesn't have to be your whole home. That is way too much and very overwhelming and I don't recommend it. But a light spring, like something kind of like a spring cleaning, I guess you would call it a winter cleaning, um, wouldn't hurt. You know, for me, it usually means tackling my closet or perhaps my son's toys. Um, But really, it's just anything that's that's affecting you. So for a lot of us, it's like it's our workspace, maybe decluttering, cleaning, organizing, whatever space you use for work, your office, your desk or your kitchen table, you know, whatever, like I said, whatever has become your workspace right now. And then not related to decluttering, but still related to planning for the year and planning hopefully for a better year. I recommend now is the time to update your calendar, to try to get organized for the coming term. Now is the time to update your CV, update your website, update your LinkedIn, anything just to reflect on, you know, accomplishments, things from the previous year that can be updated, go ahead and do that. And so I really hope that you're able to take some time to set some intentions. It doesn't have to be a lot of them. Um, It could even just be, I'm going to set a word (laughs) or a theme for the year. And I'm going to try to stick to it no matter what 2021 hits me with. Um, And then think about what are things I can do right now to get myself set up and organized for the new year so that I really do feel like I'm starting fresh or hitting a reset button and so that I don't set myself up for failure. All right. I think that's all I have to say about the new year intentions and goal setting And I hope that you found this helpful. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you tune in. You can also support the podcast by donating to my Patreon page, Anger page or Venmo account, which is at Grad School Fem Touring. If you have questions or episode topics, you can contact me by sending me a DM on Instagram, sending me an email to gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com, sending me a voice message on Anchor, or sending me a message via my personal website at eventmartinezvu.com. Until next time. <laughs>